Will Greenwood, who was uh, easily... Will, you were at, at your peak as far as uh, rugby goes, and we do thank you very much for your time. You were obviously World 15, you know, ranked mm-hmm. there. So where do you where did you put yourself in that 15? Were you top five in that England team that, that won the World Cup? No. Uh, bottom five. Bottom five. I think the top five would have been uh, Johnson, Wilkerson, Delalio, Robinson, and probably Vickery. You'd then go mid-ranking. Dawson would be in the mid-ranking. Uh, Benny Cohen, a bit of a king. Richard Hill, Neil Back, and uh, Trevor Woodman. That's the middle right. And then me and Tim will make up the numbers at the back end of the cut. <laughs> I've got you over Woodman. At least I've got you over Woodman. Right? <laughs> there you go. Mate, he was honestly, he was so good. Injury was so cruel to him. He was just another of those players that ended up picking up about twenty caps and then his career finished. But he was, uh, he was an absolute worldie. He was. I'm sure you'll have a few names like that in New Zealand where picked up four or five caps and then a knee goes or a shoulder goes. We never quite see him again, but. Uh, shone so brightly uh, for such a, a powerful two years uh, in English. So I'm just picking up on the snooker. I've got it on in the background. Oh, nice. Is, I've been, I, I go regularly to the snooker yeah. up in Sheffield, uh, and I grew up when there used to be 20 million people watching it on the on the Monday night, and I remember Joe Johnson picking it up. Uh, Dennis Taylor was from my village. That's right. Uh, when Steve Davis missed that black, and Dennis popped up and nicked it. So uh, it's a vastly underrated sport. It's a sport I cannot get my wife to sit down and watch for one second, but it is very therapeutic on a on a, on a Monday evening. It is. It's very. It's very soothing commentary too, as a, as a way to do things for that. Hey, now we played in the intro. Actually, uh, Mark. Well, well, good finding, Ped. Very good. Uh, a nice bit of audio. Of yourself. Now, this was this is when we spoke to you a while ago. Have a listen to this, everybody. This is Will Greenwood from the past. Go. If he's got an English passport, my friend, and he's in a back row forward, he's as good as he is, I would be on the phone right now and going, Ledge, fancy a game at Leicester. There we go. That was you talking about Brad Shields. Must have been, gosh, when we spoke to you about a year a year and a bit ago. So tell us, were you, um, yeah. you, you know, like, you, I know you said you, you loved working with him as a player. When did you, did, did you come out of the back of that and go to everyone, we've got to get him, we've got to get him? No, I, I have a, I coach an amateur club and have a lot of fun. And I, I tend to, uh, on, on the journalism side, I write for the Daily Telegraph and work for Sky. Yeah. It, weirdly enough, it, the, the, I know this sounds strange, but I come on it because uh, I'm not an investigative journalist. Therefore, I'm not trying to find out the team before it's announced, or yeah. I'm not trying to find out uh, what's going on in cut. Uh, I'm a I'm a rugby guy who likes watching rugby and analysing rugby. So, weirdly enough, if, if you know too much and you speak to the coaches too much, it actually it affects your impartiality because you can't necessarily be yourself if you chat to a coach and he's mentioned a couple of names and they're in the back of your head. So I try and just watch it all unfold uh, and, and say what I see, really. And Brad was just one of those guys that um, I, had, I had no idea that, that England would go after him. But uh, that having worked with him on the, on the Barbarians, it, it was clear that um, he had English heritage. Uh, and with it at the time, I just thought uh, that's not a three-year residency rule. That's not pinching players. That's a guy whose parents are English. You know, uh, my parents are English. That's why I played for England. Um, so with the World Cup approaching, it was clear um, that Brad uh, wanted to play for New Zealand at the time. I mean, 
the, the best team in the world. Um, as that hasn't quite unfolded in the past 12 months, I think he's about 26, 27 years old now. Yes. So you fast forward to 2023, uh, and he's 32, nearly 33. That's going to be tough. He ain't, ain't going to get in this New Zealand squad. He ain't going to get it in uh, 2023. And if he moves Freeman then as a 32-year-old player, you're limiting your chances. So um, he's probably left it uh, a fraction a fraction late in terms of uh, winning over the English public. Uh, but that won't take long if he plays well. Um but uh, clearly, it was with a view that if he's going to have a crack at a World Cup, he has to move now. I mean, because it, it, otherwise, it, if not now, then when? Does he? And, and when you look at the team that he's got, you you think he fits in there naturally? You're going, yep, that's the guy that we want in on that blindside position. Or does does well, will he be a starter or a squad guy? Well, look, it's it's one of those ones where you know what's amazing about New Zealand rugby, and I'm not going to name names yet because it might. There, there are some All Blacks who are just wow, 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 wow. And there are other All Blacks who are just consumed by the aura and are so awesome in the All Black jersey. But you take them out of the All Black jersey and that move sometimes hasn't worked to the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, it's not been the right environment, the people around him, they're being away from home, whatever. It's been. So there are no guarantees that Brad will make the World Cup squad for next year. If Brad plays as well as he can do and has been doing, then he's absolutely in the mix and in with a shout. I mean, Billy Bonapola will be our absolute number one starter in the back row at number eight. Like, I think he's as good as Kieran Reid when he's fit. Uh, I think he's, he is a world 15 player. Um, then, in and around that, England have just struggled a little bit. They went with Rob Shaw and Haskell, I think, for the, for the final Ireland game. Um, you you were. I just don't feel you go to a World Cup wanting to win it with those two guys at six and seven. They might stay in the squad for experience, but what you're looking for now is there's a couple of little tyros coming on. There's a guy at Exeter called Don Armand who's, who's fantastic, who Eddie's not really wanted to pick, but I hope he gets a chance um, in South Africa. There's a kid who's 21 called Jack Willis, who I actually said about three weeks ago, he's like uh, Brad Shields without the experience. He's rangy, uh, plays socks down, uh, great hip flex, snap in over the ball, happy with the ball in the wide open spaces. So uh, he's another who can come through. There's a James Chisholm at Harlequin. So there's three or four guys, but um, I think the other thing that Eddie would probably be looking at is, is, is his leadership, which I think would give him an edge. It's just who Eddie's looking to for who are his lieutenants, who are his vice-captains. I think the timing of the move is interesting. There's no doubt it'll cause, it'll ruffle a few feathers if he goes to South Africa having not played for Wasps. So there are some French lads who, at the second they go and sign for a top 14 club, they can't play. Uh, And there have been some lads down the years who've been worth it. So, um, Eddie's Eddie, if he picks him, look, he goes with my best wishes because I know he's he's a wonderful young man. He's a fantastic rugby player. But it, it will stick in the throat of a lot of English people uh, if he sort of jumps that queue. But the safer way, but there's only 10 games until the World Cup, will be finish his Wellington season, jump on a plane, play for Wasp, play brilliantly, get involved in the Autumn Series. No one looks back. Um, Eddie's view is if he's eligible and he's free and he's signed for Wasp, I'm taking him. No what? prisoners. Will Greenwood's here with us. Will, um, 
the other story that's that's making news around the world was a story that came out from Wales Online about um, the, the fact that, you know, the Pro 14's gone well for uh, the Cheetahs and the Kings and that, you know, the possibility of the all the South African sides leaving Super Rugby to go off and, and join that. Now, as you said before, I mean, you're actually the perfect guy to talk to. As you said before, you're not out there investigating this and doing that, but you're a rugby man and you know what you like there and you know what you feel. The impact for you, as far as having the Southern Kings with their 1-1 and 20 loss record, uh, the Cheetahs with their 12 win and 9 loss record, they've made the quarterfinals, but just your feeling, yeah. do you feel that this is a thing that people in Wales and around uh, surrounding areas are going, we've got to see more South African teams in this? Uh, look, I, I think f- uh, finance is, is one of the main things here. The interesting thing is, for me, and the answer, uh, personally I think it's more of a South African issue um, in reality, and I think we did a, a stat about two weeks ago saying there's something like and it, 465 South African players not playing in South Africa around the world at pretty decent level. Um, and they've got a, I think for them to get back uh, to the higher rankings of the, of the world rugby in the absolute top, top table, they've got to find a way where they can keep their players playing in their, in their provinces, in their, in their curry cup sides, sorry, the, the sharks and, and the bulls and the, and the stormers and those sorts of things. So, um, Pro 14 have just signed a new deal up here, uh, got an increased uh, revenue on the television. So, so it seems to be ticking a, a lot of boxes. Um, for me, the ideal world in South African rugby is keep your players and keep playing in your super rugby. Keep your players and keep playing against the Aussies and the New Zealanders as often as possible, and that'll make you the best chance. But the, the, so many players are leaving and not staying in South Africa. I think this is another throw of the dice to try and say, will they stay if they if we get to, can find some more funds and we are playing um, in Pro 14.